0: Who am I? Who are you? Do I know me? Do you know you? Do any of us really even want to know? Or are we just afraid? Afraid of the truth?
1: This is Tony Alderondo, self-proclaimed musical poet and one of two of our guests today.
0: Whatever that means am i am i the weak father
1: who walked out on his wife hello everyone and welcome to poetic pontification a podcast that talks all things poetry in the east bay i'm your host melina kritikopoulos and today we're getting a little bit musical
0: You know, I'm a musical poet. Um, I love doing it to music, and if, if there's no drumming behind me or guitars or, or a band, but you know, there's still like um, there's there's like a flow and a rhythm in my poetry.
1: If you're an avid poetic pontification listener, you may actually remember Tony. We spoke in the spring, and he gave me the title for season one, episode nine. Mystic always, mystic always real.
0: Right now there's like a Bay Area renaissance going on with poetry, I'm telling you. Maybe it was in New York in the 60s, (laughs) but it's happening right now, and it's incredible.
1: Well, I could not get Tony and his musical poetry out of my head, so I called him up again for another interview. Awesome, awesome. lovely to be speaking with you again today.
0: Thank you so much, Uh, it's a pleasure to be here.
1: But before we get into that conversation, I want to give you all a bit of musical poetry history. Poetry and music have been inextricably entwined with one another since the ancient Greeks. They used to sing their poems to the accompaniment of a lyre. The oldest Chinese poetry anthology was a collection of songs, and Emily Dickinson famously wrote poetry to rhythms and forms of church hymns. Poets have always borrowed forms and rhymes from songs, and today is no different. To give you all a better idea of what musical poetry can actually sound like, here's just a few examples from the recent past, some of my favorites.
0: I said to my baby, baby, take it slow.
1: I can't, she said, I can't. I got to go. This is Langston Hughes, renowned African-American poet and a really large part of the Harlem Renaissance. This was recorded in 1958, with Hughes reading his work over musical accompaniment by Charles Mingus and Leonard Feather. You won't get a dad blame
0: thing. A certain amount of nothing in a dream deferred.
1: This next example combines old and new. Allen Ginsberg had a book published in 1971 called The Fall of America. It was a collection of poetry, it was one of his many, and in 2021, a bunch of contemporary artists came together to commemorate it. They put together this album called Allen Ginsberg's The Fall of America 50th Anniversary Musical Tribute, and they basically took recordings of Ginsberg's old readings and current re-recordings and different musical aspects and really created an interesting contemporary album out of it. This particular recording is called Manhattan 30s Flash. It's based off a poem of the same name, and it features artist Shintaro Sakamoto reading Ginsberg's poem... In Japanese, over layers of Ginsburg reading his own poem in English and Sakamoto's own voice. <laughs> Last in our little journey of musical poetry, we have Tongo Isen Martin's Not A Poem.
0: Uh, you can tell by my tires that not everybody who's driven with me is still alive.
1: Not A Poem is a piece done by the SF Poet Laureate Tongo Eisen Martin in collaboration with artists Somadi and Damani Rhodes
0: we can change the color of our snot from gifted to heart attack and tell you by ashes from where all these angels coming from smelling like the cigarette that
1: fell. Icen Martin is reading from his book Heaven is All Goodbyes over the musical accompaniment by Rhodes and Samadhi. in my smile. made a flatland robbery among some things on my mind. So those were some pretty diverse examples of how musical poetry can actually sound. And Tony's own body of work is just as diverse. Here's a snippet of one of his songs, Poet on the Run, which has a lot of blues influence. But it doesn't stop there. Tony features a really melodic sound in his piece, We Are Poets.
0: We are poets. Red open mics. Not that and of
1: course, there's the style that I first heard him in, which is that yourself. classic free verse over drum accompaniment style. Here's a little bit more of what we heard at the beginning Who am, am
0: I? I? Am I the bastard, delinquent child my
1: mama couldn't handle? The good boy gone bad, the bad man gone mad. A out dope a With this incredible work comes incredible methodology. Here's Tony speaking on how he actually writes these poems.
0: Every poem is like a small film to me. And every poem, you know, when you go to the movies, you should leave like, what did I learn? What did I get from that? Was it happy, sad? What should I not do, or what would you come away? Even if it's a thirty-second poem, like I want people to come away with something, you know. And I love Shakespeare. There's sometimes there's like an iambic pentameter going through me, or some type of beat going through me when I do my poetry. It just comes out. There's no. There's. I know I got a lot of friends. They do research. They do this and that. This. It just comes out.
1: It just comes out. Now, that's apparently a common theme in these musical poets, and it's something our second guest today also mentioned.
2: I am, a, like, a very auditory person.
1: So This is Carly Torres, page, a friend to of mine and a fellow poet at UC I Berkeley. The
2: so before things get put on the page, I usually, like, say them out loud to myself, or before I even open the doc, it's usually I'm pacing in my bedroom and I'm just, like, talking to myself and, like a stanza will come out, and I am like, hold up, hold up, gotta, gotta, and then that's what happens, it trickles into a poem. Um, so it's not intentional, it's kind of just what happens. While her method may be similar to Tony's,
1: her poetry could not be more different.
2: The instructions ingrained and etched into my body, One, two, three. Five, six, seven. You told me that's all I would ever need. Let the soul speak, and the rest of me will follow. Yo no sé mañana.
1: Carly does use music in tandem with her poetry, poetry, but she doesn't use no instruments.
2: Do she do uses her voice. Was about the release of the recycled heart rushing towards every corner of your limbs. Yo no sé mañana. <laughs>
1: In musical poetry, there's a big difference between performance and reading. Tony's poems in their full musical form can't really give the same effect they would on paper. But Carly's are different. Since she's just using lyrics, the musical aspect has the potential to come through. Here's what she had to say about that difference.
2: Yeah, one of the things um, a friend shared with me, and something that'll probably stick with me forever, is that It's not your poem anymore when somebody else reads it or gets their hand on it. So if they don't see it the exact same way or they don't have the same vision, good for them. So be it. They get to run with it and vibe with it in whichever way they choose. Um, Yeah. If the goal and the point itself is storytelling, why not both?
1: Thank you for listening to this episode of Poetic Pontification. As always, I'm your host, Melina Kritikopoulos, and stay tuned for more poets next time.